Hey everyone, welcome to a podcast for moms. I'm your host, Julia Sparkman. As always, many thanks for joining me today. And before I get into today's episode, transforming birth and postpartum from humility and pain to healing and empowerment with Kyla Walsh, I'm going to share a little podcast update. If you follow along on our Instagram account at a podcast for moms, you may have noticed I'm not completely vibing with that platform right now. I'm more or less pretty MIA. Um, Instagram has always been a truly love disdain relationship for me. And I've been taking some space for from Instagram because that's what feels intuitively right for me. And that said, I've always loved writing. And in the coming weeks, I'm going to start an account on medium.com as another outlet for both myself and a podcast for moms. And, you know, like I said, I've always loved writing and I love longer form writing and Instagram isn't, you know, 100% the platform to support my long windedness. So on Medium, one thing that really inspired me to start that account is I want a place to write reflections from each week's episode. So, you know, over the last couple of months, I've been having these conversations and then I re-listen to the conversations and I pick up these small parts of the conversation that didn't hit me when I was in the middle of it, and that sparks other ideas, and then I get caught up in the cycle of needing to move on to the next episode because I only have a very small amount of time that I work on a podcast for moms every week because I still have a lot of other responsibilities being a mother to a small child, you know, so I'm going to shift how I release the cadence of episodes. You know, for instance, this week, my episode with Kyla is airing. So next week, I'm going to do a short solo episode. And on my solo episodes, I'll share personal stories. And, you know, sometimes it will just be like a straight up story about me, about my experiences or different thoughts, you know, might not be completely related to anything I had talked about on last week's episode. But sometimes I also plan to take something that, you know, sparked within me from the previous week's episode and share a little bit about it. So it's going to be a little bit different every week and we'll just see how it flows. And I'm really excited about, you know, the how things are going to move forward, having a conversation with a guest one week, a solo episode the next week. That's going to give me space and time to fully support the conversations I have with my guests without feeling like I'm literally just like turning and burning through um, these episodes with these amazing women that I want to make sure receive my full attention and your full attention. And as always, this is an evolution, so I'm going to try it out and adjust as necessary. That's my update. And with all of that out of the way, I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Kyla Walsh. Kyla is a mama, an entrepreneur, a teacher, a creative soul, and a soul on a mission. She currently resides in her home state of Pennsylvania, and shortly before Kyla became a mom, she launched Female Rebels. Female Rebels offers in-person and online workshops, courses, and retreats where women gather to remember their divinity. I love that. And 
During our conversation, Kyla shared the hardships, the humility, and the pain she experienced during her first pregnancy, birth, and postpartum experience. And I could so relate to so many things she said. And then I was so inspired by the story she goes on to tell, the story of healing and empowerment. Her second pregnancy, birth, and postpartum experience radically transformed her in healing and empowering ways. And today she uses the healing and empowerment she received from her positive birth experience to support other women and mamas. At the end of her at the end of our episode, I asked her for some parting words and she said, find community. And it's really cool because Kyla is creating community for women and moms through female rebels. And we talk about some of the offerings that she's has out in the world and is currently working to launch. So you can find out more as you listen. And within this episode, there's so much vulnerability and depth and heart. And I invite you to listen and to be inspired by the magic that is Kyla. Here's our conversation. Hey, Kyla, how's it going? It's going so great. How are you, Julia? I'm doing, I'm really doing good today. Yeah, it feels good. And you're, we're on two totally different coasts. So you're on the East Coast. Yeah. Recently moved there, hoping that we can talk about that a little bit at some point. But I would love to start today by hearing more about you in your own voice and words. Right before we started here, we were just sharing with each other about how we've only actually met in person one time. And you're one of my, I would like to call like internet friends and inspiration. So I feel like I know you, but I actually really don't know you at all. Um, so let's hear about you from you. Hmm. Thank you. I'm like, have I ever answered a question of just talking about myself? Maybe a couple times, but um, it was one time that we met in class. And so I was thinking about that too. We immediately, I think there was a connection of some sort. It was like, okay, I know you, or I knew you. It was weird. I was like, I think you were pregnant. I was pregnant. Yeah. I I was talking about being pregnant yet, but I was pregnant. Yeah. I think it was like literally right after that, that you announced that. And of course, as a mom, I was so excited. So I was like, yay, I'm so excited. Um, so I was thinking, I'm like, well, how do I want to answer this question? You know, who am I? Do I want to say everything? So I'm just going to speak candidly that I, I think about what I want to say, but I also really like to listen to what wants to come through. So -hmm. that's big for me. So sometimes I'll pause a little bit and do that. Um, so yeah, who is Kyla Walsh? She is um, a mama and an entrepreneur and a teacher and a creative soul and a soul that feels very much on a mission. And so I was thinking about what is it in my life that has so much inspired where I am now? You know, I think about the trajectory trajectory of your life of course all the pieces come together but um it feels the most potent for me to say that I'm from a big family I'm the oldest of seven 
And that has, yeah, so much to do with my soul and my mission that came in here. I love being with lots of people. And that comes from growing up in a household with always having noise and always having people around. And when I um, went off to college, I was still very close to my family. I was still living very close to them. And my mom made the decision to move back to Pennsylvania. We were in Arizona. Okay. So Pennsylvania is where I'm from. It's where I am now, ironically, but not ironically. <laughs> yeah. um, but I've been out west for more than half of my life. So that started, we moved to Arizona. I went to college. And then um, I stayed out there and I went to college and I had this kind of moment, this first piece of my awakening of getting to know myself was when my family moved back to Pennsylvania, because all of a sudden here I was in Arizona by myself, you know, a lot of autonomy that kind of just asked to come into place. Um, and so that was a big piece of my story. And then fast forward to after college, I decided to move to Aspen, Colorado. That's where I decided to do my yoga teacher training. And of course, as it does, yoga kind of became this path of awakening for me. And beautifully, I was drawn to the path of yoga because I wanted to be a good mom. Wow. At a young age, like I, I was aware of that. So I think I was 24 or something like that when I started doing my practice. And that was a big piece of it for me because I started to feel like I was getting some more self-awareness and having these things come through that I knew were part of the development I needed to mature into a woman that could invite in kids. So anyway, fast forward yoga, I taught for 10 years and then met Kobe and very quickly we had our little bambinos. So in the same year of starting Female Rebels, my business, and um, in that same year I met Kobe and we also um, got pregnant. I think it might've been like a year and a half. That's why I'm thinking about it. So a little bit longer, but it was all like boom, 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 like dominoes. Um, and then fast forward six years later, here I am. So um, Female Rebels has been my business for six years and has let my entrepreneurial spirit come through, which is very much my soul's, a big piece of my soul from my lineage. And yeah, I'm just full on in creator mode and also full on in mom mode. And mm -hmm. so when I say Kyla Walsh is a mama and an entrepreneur, I really do like feel those two things as big pieces of my life right now and big pieces of my life that I'm learning how to bring into harmony with each other. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, which I, I definitely <laughs> want to talk about that. But I do have a couple of questions before we keep going. So you were born in Pennsylvania. Yes. You landed in Arizona. What was the timeline of that? Yeah, I was 12. Okay. So I think it was my 12th birthday, actually. Yeah. So, okay. mm -hmm. so you had some time to connect to the roots of the East Coast prior to moving. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you mentioned moving to Aspen, getting your yoga teacher training certificate. And you said what motivated you to do that was wanting to be a good mom, or that was one of the motivations of pursuing that um, training program. 
were, was something happening within you that made you feel like you weren't going to be a good mom or mm. was it just something that you were like to really step into the role of mother that I would like to be? I know this would be a helpful tool on my path. Like where did that kind of intersect? Wow. Beautiful question. And thank you for asking. So I'm just tuning in for a second to see what I want to share. Of course. Of course, the, the podcast, they always go so vulnerable, don't they? <laughs> I like to say that I'm kind of an, an open book. And I am like when I spend time with people like I would with you over coffee, I would just talk candidly. Sure. So tuning in to make it is yeah tuning in to make sure that I want to share with with the the world um so at the time when I decided to do my yoga teacher training I was in a relationship um yeah I was in a relationship that was um an abusive relationship Mm. and it was very unhealthy um patterns on both sides unhealthy um which manifested into um, a lot of control and then that turned into you know how that can spiral Um, so it did um, kind of get to a certain level luckily not too far I had some really beautiful humans that came into my life and reflected to me what I needed to hear and I'm so grateful for those humans they know who they are Um, so of course you know spirit sent me to yoga it was I didn't go into the yoga room and say, I'm going to be a good mom. (laughs) Yeah. I went in and I was like, I want to have a good workout. At the time I loved running and I loved, I love exercise. Oh, I love exercise so much. And that's what drew me in there. But of course, yoga is so much more Mm -hmm. than the physical experience. And I started to love myself and feel like I had a sense of self-worth enough that I could leave that relationship. I had to have enough of a transformation that I no longer wanted to be vibrating with that. Like I had learned what I needed to learn by the time I was ready to say goodbye. And so, yeah, of course, you know, when you're in relationship, I don't know if this is this way for you, but for me, when I'm in a relationship with someone I love, I would always be like, Um, maybe one day we'll have children. So of course I had those thoughts and that was a big part of my knowing that this wasn't going to be the right partnership for me, that it wasn't going the way I needed it to go. So then I go into yoga and I'm able to kind of process this. What kind of mom do I want to be? Who am I? What does it look like to um, take care of myself and begin to shift into a whole new story? Well, thank you for the vulnerability and sharing that. I'm sad to hear that you had that experience. And in the same breath, I think sometimes it's those challenges or the dark spots that help to renegotiate and redirect our lives into the path that we're meant to walk on. And it sounds like that's what happened for you. And yeah, I know a lot of, I was in the yoga world for quite some time and going into yoga teacher training or pursuing a practice with intention and and dedication, I find that it 
does shake up relationships and old patterns and it makes it so it's almost impossible for you to stay in in certain spaces (laughs) in your life. So I'm happy that you found that. And so now we're at the space where you found yoga, you're in Aspen, then you moved to California. Is that how it went? Yeah, pretty much. I I came home for about a year. Okay. Um, Home, and I'm learning this too, just in this chapter, being home again, Home is very much a space where I get to integrate Mm -hmm. and upgrade. There is like a a circuitry here, if you will, that gives me an experience where I can actually kind of get to this place. So after Aspen, after I finished my yoga teacher training, I was like, I need to go home. So I went home and then that turned into (laughs) moving to Santa Barbara. It's kind of a funny story how it all happens, but there's of course little threads throughout Mm -hmm. that make sense. Um, But I kind of got called to Santa Barbara from love and was in a very healing relationship, extremely healing. Um, When I met that person, I I knew he was an angel of mine. It was Mm -hmm. this, I literally said that, I just feel like you're like a guardian angel of mine. And then we ended up being in a relationship and he helped me to kind of see the entrepreneur in me because he was an entrepreneur and um, he was younger than me. So I was like, if you're a little go-getter, I'm going to be a go-getter. So it was just this beautiful reflection to kind of bring me to um, launching my own business and feeling confident to do that. So it's so funny. I didn't expect to talk about my relationships, but here we, here we are. It's all right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can see how, of course, I needed that reflection and that healing and that relationship. I remember for even the first year of the relationship, I was like, are you sure you're not going to get mad? Or are you sure you're not mad? Like I was just waiting for him to be angry and there was no anger in him, you know, and it was just such a healing thing for me to realize like, oh, not everybody is that way. And to trust again. And of course, that brought me to a place where after our relationship ended, I think we both felt, you know, like, okay, this was good, but this isn't our person. And then I had a year on my own, which now as a mom, I look back and I'm like, maiden, I got to have such a fun, it might have been two years um, time in Santa Barbara starting Female Rebels and just staying in connection with myself Mm -hmm. and really getting to a place where I knew myself and I was comfortable being with myself um, to such a deep place. It was so beautiful. And then I met Kobe. Mm -hmm. And then... um, a few months later, I, I moved to Atlanta kind of quickly after that, after I met him, okay. um, a series of events, but it, it just, it happened. And as things do, right, they just kind of like, I keep seeing dominoes, like, like that happened. And then that happened. And then we got pregnant quickly thereafter. And it was, um, oh, when I met Kobe, I knew he was my person right away. I've shared our story quite a bit because it's so beautiful. So 
I'll save that one for another time. But um, my soul immediately recognized his soul. My heart opened and said, you found him. A little fairy voice that's inside of me sang. And I was like, what is that? Song? What is this noise? What's going on? And I was ready. You know, I had the, the healing from the relationships, the growing into my own self-worth and my own love for myself. And I was in a place where I was like, I'm good. I'm okay. And when, when he's ready, when my person is ready, then I'll be ready. But everything else can just wait. I'm not going to do anything else. And then he came. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. And then he came. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of things. Um, a relationship also brought me to California. And I call that gentleman my transition angel because I probably wouldn't have arrived here without him. And now it was, I don't want to say it was an insignificant relationship, but it was a short one. Like we weren't even together for a year. And I, I just have such a special place for him in my heart because I'm like, oh, without you, like I probably wouldn't have met Alex. I probably wouldn't have had my daughter. You know, it's like that was so necessary. So I love the analogy of dominoes because it's like I needed that, you know, that piece to fall for the rest of them to land. And I do have a couple of questions. So you started Female Rebels and I want to talk about Female Rebels, but um, you started Female Rebels, you might... Kobe, who's your now husband, and you moved to Atlanta. So mm -hmm. did he move to Atlanta with you or how so, did yeah, that it transition is, work? <laughs> yeah. It is confusing, right? Um, I've just been so nomadic in my adult life. So I've been yeah. a lot of places. Um, there's even places we're not mentioning, which is crazy, but yeah. I love I love to experience. So Kobe was living at, in Atlanta when I met him. Okay. And I was living in Santa Barbara. Okay. And we met at a festival mm -hmm. called Desert Hearts. Yep. That's outside of San Diego, mm -hmm. which is cool because that's where I met you. Yeah. Um, and so Kobe's business is out of San Diego. And so he was there with his brother at the festival. He came to my yoga class. I was teaching yoga and kind of happened right away, but I actually pursued him the next day. I'll call it that because I was like, hey, I feel like, you know, we're supposed to know each other. <laughs> and um, it's so beautiful to think of that little moment in time now being my life, you know. And remind me of the other question you asked me. Oh, I asked, so you went with him to Atlanta then is what it sounds like. Yes, yeah. So I was in Santa Barbara and I had been there for a while and it was just a few things happened and I ended up, you know, just saying, okay, let's go to Atlanta and try this because we, we felt like it was going to be, you know, a long-term partnership. We knew that we were supposed to find each other and then this was going to be our life now together. And Kobe has a son. Mm -hmm. That was my next question. Yeah. And so, yes. And so he's, in, um, lives in Atlanta. And so that was why it was such a clear thing for me to go there and mm -hmm. for us to begin a life together. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like to enter in a relationship with someone who had a child that you call your soul son? I love mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. 
I wish I remember who said soul son. I saw somebody said that a long time ago and I immediately was like, that's, I need that, you know, mm -hmm. just to language is so powerful. And I do feel so connected to him on a soul level. So mm -hmm. great question. How was it coming into relationship with someone who already had a child? Wow. I don't think I've ever answered that. That's powerful. It was a humongous transformation, of course. Mm -hmm. How could it not be? Um, <laughs> when I look back now as a parent to myself, coming into that, I was not a parent yet. I had not raised a child. I had not birthed a child. I had not experienced that yet. So I could not fully grasp it with Kobe. And it was really difficult, I'm sure he would share, you know, his difficulty even more than mine. Because you're having this experience as a parent and you so badly want to be able to communicate that to, you know, for me, I, I have that experience wanting to communicate it to people now that don't have kids. And it's, it's just, I don't want to say it's impossible because I do believe there are people who receive it, but it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. And I was not getting it. <laughs> I look back now and I'm like, oh, I was, yeah, I was immature. You know, I still wanted a lot of things to go the way I wanted them to go. And there was this beautiful child who was so used to things going the way he wanted them to go. So um, it took us a while to get into a, a flow with each other. And then once we did, everything was beautiful. But um, when I say a flow with each other, I mean, for Monsi and I to learn the dynamic of our relationship together because it was ours to create. And so not only did I come into relationship with Kobe, but I came into a relationship too with his son, my soul son. Um, and it's beautiful to watch a relationship be built a with a, a, a child. I'll call him. He was eight at the time. So he was now he feels a little bit more like he's a teenager. He's growing up. <laughs> Yeah. It's and I've been there for that, so it's special. Um, but I am also a child of divorce, and so I was able to really gain a lot of perspective and healing too for myself just in witnessing Monty and how he handled welcoming me mm -hmm. and how that challenged him. Um, I could imagine being in his shoes. Um, I never had to be in the exact same way, but I could imagine, you know, and so it was very powerful, just growth experience for me. And then when I had Satya, so much made sense. So it was good she came. <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah, I'm also, uh, my parents separated, I think before they were like divorced before I was six months old, it was when I was very young and both remarried and had children right away. And um then there was subsequent divorces and remarriages. So I'm very sensitive to children when I, I just have like a special place in my heart for kids whose parents separate and welcome in new partners and new children. And from the outside, it seems as if you have this very special blended family that you have created. And I'm sure that did not come without trials and tribulations and wonderful times and tough times. And 
yeah, so it blesses my heart to know that you have such like adoration for him because I know not every child has the gift of receiving a soul mom who has that, you know, sometimes there can be like resistance and resentment for partners, past children for a variety of reasons. And I definitely do not sense that at all in this situation. And you mentioned, you know, Satya coming along and that's something that I really wanted to talk about. And you said you're open to talking about, um, because your birth experiences and postpartum experiences have been incredibly different. So can you kind of catch us up to how you made it from Atlanta to San Diego and your pregnancy and did your soul son come with you on that journey? What did that look like? Um, and yeah, maybe just share as much about your experiences with having your daughters and being in San Diego and postpartum journey that you would like to share. Hmm. It's so special to share all of this. I feel, thank you. Of course. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so along came Satya, right? Wow. So we did not um, plan to get pregnant. We, uh, I think it was like six or seven months after we met that we got pregnant. <laughs> and it was totally unexpected. And um, yeah. It was an interesting chapter in our life. We were going through a lot of transitions. So I had moved from Santa Barbara to Atlanta. I didn't realize it at the time, but I have gained a lot of clarity that um, I was going through a lot of um, healing from trauma. And the trauma that I experienced was not something I had ever heard about, which was the trauma of losing my community. Oh, yeah makes so much sense, but I had never uh, heard of that. So I recently, you know, gained that understanding and the language of that. So that was what I was experiencing. So I was going through that. And also Female Rebels was in person at the time. Okay. And so I had to rebuild uh, my yoga classes in a new state, in a new city, and my Female Rebels in a new state, in a new city. Um, while also grieving the loss of a community that was the Santa Barbara was the community where I really felt like I was home mm -hmm. for the first time, which is such a cherished feeling. Um, my soul remembered that place as soon as I got there. It was like, oh, here I am. <laughs> um, so it was hard to leave, but also made sense that I would go. So it's interesting to leave places and love them so dearly, but also know it's it's time for the next thing. So moved to Atlanta, got pregnant. I was going through all that transition. And Kobe was also going through a lot of transition with his business. Um, so we were going through financial hardship um, while I was pregnant. So yeah, that was not the thing that you would um, ever plan for, right? In the perfect world. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, but there it was. And so um, I shared publicly, you know, I, I was not sure what I should do, you know, if it was a good idea for me to bring a child into the world when there was question marks in every area, it felt like. 
And Kobe and I really tuned in with spirit. We connect, um, we connect through God. We did from the minute we met. We just have this connection in that realm. And we're like, this baby wants to be here with us. And so um, we went forward and shout out to my amazing partner who flipped houses that year in Atlanta. And he was working really hard all day long. So that he started doing that while I was pregnant. And we were just talking the other day. He did, you know, laborious, that's hard work. Mm -hmm. Like he would come home exhausted. Um, so he came home exhausted. And I had been at Trader Joe's, <laughs> I think it was 41 weeks exactly pregnant with Sati. And I was like, I said to the lady, I'm like, I think I'm having contractions. Like I didn't have a lot of Braxton Hicks. I was like, I'm in labor. Okay. Went home. I had bought roses. <laughs> and um, I'm like, Kobe, I think I'm having contractions. He's like, what? What's going on? Do we, what do we need to do? And I'm like, I think we just chill. So we talked to our midwife. We had planned to have a home birth. Mm -hmm. And um, the midwife, you know, gave us the directions to keep going and let ourselves progress as we learned in all of our prenatal meetings. And yeah, the labor was going beautifully by the next day at seven o'clock at night, the midwife came and I was seven centimeters. Mm -hmm. So moving along nicely and we kept going. Um, I went through the transition for mamas who've birthed or know about birth, women who know about birth, men who know about birth, the transition, <laughs> both births I threw up. Okay. Um, so it was very clear that that was what was happening for me. And um, I just had this, such this peaceful energy moving through me in Satya's birth. I just remember feeling so calm. And my mantra was, my baby is coming. My baby is coming. My baby is coming. And my water wasn't breaking and I didn't have any desire to push. So I was nine centimeters dilated and I just wasn't having that urge. And so, you know, we went over different things we could do and yeah, again, I haven't shared about my birth. You're getting all of my stories. <laughs> it's like, take your time and share it. Thank you. Yeah, no pressure. So we decided to um, try breaking my water mm. and see if that would progress things along um, as advised by her. Go ahead. At this point in time, it sounds like you had been having contractions for over 24 hours. Is that? Yeah, that was probably about right. It might have it might have been like 36 hours by now or a little like 30 hours by now. It had been a long time. Yeah. Um, and so we tried that. And then as anyone who's birthed knows, then it, the intensity speeds up mm -hmm. yeah. very quickly. And so we broke the water and the intensity sped up and I attempted pushing. It was the second time I attempted pushing, um, but I wasn't having the urge to push, but we attempted pushing to see if that would shift anything. We did all kinds of position changes. It was 
wow. We went walking out in the backyard. The thing I remember so clearly was going out in our backyard in, in Georgia and looking up at the trees and walking around with Kobe and on the land. And, you know, he had shared with me, you know, the land and how it's connected to the natives. And I could feel that energy as I was laboring in a way that I never felt before or after. It was just so surreal to be outside. And we tried doing like the squats with the rebozo, you know, and mm -hmm. outside. And it's all just very right there for me as I talk about it. But my little bear, she did not want to come down. She was just um, kind of wedged in my left hip a little bit, and she was tiny. And she <laughs> yeah, so I learned that after the fact, of course. But um, so after I tried pushing, you know, we did all these position changes and did some wild stuff, and the midwife said, I think we need to talk about going to the hospital. And it was just like the wind got taken out of me. You know, I had been so connected to that mantra, my baby is coming. And so then when I was like, wait, she's not coming. We need to go to the hospital because she's not actually all the way coming and we have to do something different than what I had thought we were gonna do, right? Expectation was big for me. Mm -hmm. um, so we got to the hospital and the doctor on staff, I, I had worked with a doctor who I loved so much for my um, prenatal care going into the hospital as well as with the midwife. Mm -hmm. And we went to her hospital and there was a doctor that was on staff for that night. And she said, your cervical lip is swollen, really, really swollen to the point where um, we're concerned that if you try to push this baby out vaginally, you can tear and you can tear in a way that will be difficult to suture back up wow. once she arrives. And yeah, it was, it was a surreal moment. So I was in a lot of, um, a lot of intensity and pain that was much more intense than any of the labor I'd experienced. It was after the water broke. And when we got to the hospital, it was just so intense. It was like, I couldn't even breathe or see. It was just like, whoa. Um, so we did an epidural right away. And, you know, I was like, can I still have her vaginally even if I do this? We're like, yeah, you know, and then they recommended we don't. And I just, something came through and was like, she needs to come through a C-section. This is what needs to happen. And I remember giving that directive to everyone in the room. This is what needs, because there was questions, you know, Kobe was so beautiful. He got emotional and was really worried. You know, he's like, you know, she's a yoga teacher and, you know, this is her, her, her life. And he, he had more awareness of what the healing was going to be like on the other side of a C-section. I was just like, this baby needs to come now. She has been in there. She's been trying to come down. It's time. And so we had the C-section. She came, you know, 
at eight o'clock that night and my beautiful doctor came in. She was just about to leave town and she came into the hospital before catching her flight and delivered Satya and I, she's listening. She is an angel. I adore her and I'm so grateful for her because I needed her at that time. And I was just so grateful that all the stars had aligned, that it worked out. <laughs> she was in her vacation clothes and she was just cracking me up. So Satya came and she was healthy and everything was wonderful. And um, then began the journey that I imagine has a lot to do with why we're here talking is that transformation into motherhood mm -hmm. that I did alongside healing from a C-section and a full labor experience. Some people have planned C-sections and I do think the healing can be so different and I'm really fascinated by all of this. Yeah. I still feel like I'm very much learning, you know, um, and it took me two years to watch my birth video. Um, yeah, it's like my daughter's too. I still haven't also be two in a few weeks. I still haven't watched mine either. So I can, I can relate to that. Mm. Yeah. I just, I think it was like a couple days before her birthday and I watched it on repeat and cried and cried and just let myself grieve all of the things that came from that experience. There was so much, um, <laughs> as they say, the, the Saturn return, right? I think that was my, a lot was happening. I actually, um, one of the things I tuned in about, you know, beforehand, because I knew we were going to talk about my birth and I wanted to share. So I think it's important that we give voice to all the different stories and all the things that happen. And I had a legal situation with my midwife after that. Wow. Um, I didn't go into the details of what happened, um, but that was a huge, just, there was just so much for me to learn in that period of time while my body was also learning how to come back from having a baby and healing from a C-section. And I've talked with a lot of moms who've had C-sections and it's given me so much, uh, it's given me so much peace mm -hmm. to talk to other moms who've had a birth experience that's, I guess if you want to call it similar, but what even is that word when it comes to birth experiences? <laughs> um, but just moms who've also had c-sections so yeah yeah i'm happy you said like similar what is that because it's like as we had we had similar experiences but they are so different like you, i got goosebumps when you were talking about being outside um i didn't really get to go outside during my birth aside from when i was like going to the hospital and um but I could really relate to when you said like being connected, like the portal of, you know, it's like it opens up like a different gate in the world where it's like all who have been here before, all that will come. It's like that's the energy that you're in and that like lit up my whole body. And um, when you were saying that Kobe was like, 
having pause about the cesarean because you were a yoga teacher. Where I kind of went is prior to having my daughter, everyone was like, oh, it's going to be, your birth will be so easy. Like you do yoga. Like it's going to be so easy because Sloan was also stuck too. Or I, I don't want to say stuck, but she was in a position that was very challenging to birth. Right. And, um, it really taught me that it's not about you. Like that's, that's like, and I want to talk about like the transition to motherhood where, and I think that's kind of what it is. is it's like, it's not about you anymore. And it is at the same time, it's like this learning how to live within a dance, right? Where it's like, you are your own person, but they are their own person, a hundred percent. And you can have like, when you said expectations, I was like, yup, because it's like, you can have all the plans, all the desires, you can read all the books, you can have all the ideas. And then all of a sudden it's like, here's this other being that has their entirely own, I don't want to say agenda, but you know, that they've got their own path. They've got their own, their own karma that they're bringing into the world, their own mission that they're entering with. And then that's, you have to learn how to navigate your life with another life as being the anchor to yours. So tell me about that. Like, it sounds like, you know, you were healing physically, probably a lot of emotional um, turmoil that was going on. If you were having litigation with your midwife, um, what, what did it look like for you after the birth of your daughter? So I had this romanticized idea, expectation that I had seen some some other mother's experience that I had then hoped would be mine. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to come home from, or no, not come home from the hospital. I really wanted to be at home. Yeah. (laughs) That was what I wanted. And then I wanted to be able to like, you know, hang out with people or, you know, hang, hang with Kobe and chat and be kind of lively or something. And I was just, whoa, it wiped out an energy reservoir for me. The birth portal did that. It took me months, months to get to a place where I even wanted to go for a, a, exercise walk, not just like a walk to the block, down to the corner and back just to walk. Um, The most humbling experience of my life was having my daughter. Now, as we were talking earlier, I was saying, you know, I had that period where I was like, just so in tune with myself. And I felt like I knew myself so well. I felt so empowered and lit up and on purpose. And like I had done a lot of healing work. And so that becoming a mom, you know, even like people reflected to you, it'll be easier for you because or whatever, because of X, Y, Z, whatever you want to say, because you were the oldest of of so many kids or Mm -hmm. because, you know, you've been practicing yoga, you'll be able to birth easier. And it's just cannot put those types of expectations onto experiences that can be so diverse. And I wanted to be happy. 
I wanted to be able to be moving my body again because after carrying the baby and not being able to do certain things towards the end of my pregnancy, I had a lot of low back pain. And even like a month before I gave birth, I just didn't want to walk even anymore. Just wanted to be laying down. This was the only thing I didn't have pain. So yeah, I was a yoga teacher and I still had these things going on. And I still kept my practice and I did all the things that I can imagine to do. But of course, you know, we learn and then we grow from those experiences. So trying to think a little bit about the experience of becoming a mother. <laughs> I almost feel like it's unfair to say it, but it was a very painful experience for me. I'm shaking my head pretty violently right now. <laughs> I'm like, is that a fair word? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to misspeak of it, but when I look back, at that time, there was so much pain for me to feel and integrate that just was awoken by the, the surgery. It was awoken by not having the birth experience I wanted to have, not feeling empowered in my birth experience. I love, I, I've seen something that recently that I love so much, so I want to say that you know, it's not about if you have a C-section or you have a vaginal birth. It's about do you feel empowered? Do you feel like you have a voice? Do you feel like you have choice? Do you feel like you get to bring through the experience what you feel like you want to bring through? Mm -hmm. And that that can be such a big game changer. I know for me that would have hugely changed my experience. I didn't have the right things set up perhaps for me to really, really drop in fully to the experience, reflecting back to what you said about the trees, you know, in my second labor, I had so much more multidimensional experience than I had in my first labor. And that could be for a lot of reasons, you know, we can't say why, but I just did. And I think I had a hard time letting go in my first labor fully. Even though I'm like, oh, we're queens of surrender, right? Us yogis. <laughs> like, it's hard. <laughs> it's harder. Like, were you having a hard time letting go of the physical or mental? Or what was, what do you think that you were holding on to during your labor? The expectations? Hmm. No, in. In hindsight, I think fear of entering into motherhood was there. Mm -hmm. And just being honest with myself about that, that that was still there for me. I didn't really feel like I knew what to do with everything that was coming up. So much came up in my, in my um, pregnancy and then in my labor and then in my postpartum. And after being, you know, in that painful experience and then beginning to come out from that hole that I felt like I was in, when my spirit started to feel like she was kind of coming back online is what I'm seeing it as, I remember just being like, this is not okay. 
this, we can do this better. There's more that I could have had to help me through this. If I were to be able to put together a toolbox and, and hold my hand through that thing from the space of being connected to my highest self, from the space of being able to be of service, you know, instead I was just in the experience craving that, that to happen for me and what it birthed in me is this thing that's <laughs> then came out, you know, when I was in my second pregnancy, funny enough, it's like it, it came back online for me. I had this memory come back of like, oh yeah, I remember like, we need help. We need to figure out how to emotionally, spiritually, physically support women in this portal. We got, and it was like the energy of my second pregnancy gave me this stamina and this spirit to, I, I created the, the thing I'm talking about, which is called Threshold. And it's, yeah, it's a self-study course for women that are either preparing for motherhood or are pregnant. And even pregnant with baby one, baby two, you know, when I recorded it, I was pregnant with baby two. And I was like, this is rad. Like you can do this again over and over as many times as you want. And so it's um, a self-study course. So there's just these sessions that the mamas can tune in. And I talk a little bit about my experience and some of the lessons I learned growing into becoming a mother, how to make sure you have a community around you how to communicate with your partner, your needs, making sure your needs get met, how to take care of yourself, how to know what you need to take care of yourself and make sure that you are putting those on your schedule. Like it's like almost like a back to basics kind of thing, but it's an upgrade. You are, in my opinion, my experience, becoming a new person. I mean, I became a new person. I was like, whoa. Who is she? And of course she brought all of me with her. You know, it's not like I don't, this old self, no, 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 no. It's all you <laughs> and she is you and the inner child is you and the inner teenager is you and the inner college girl is you, the inner maiden is you, all of her is you. And so then she comes with you into motherhood and you get to bring this toolbox with you. And one of the things we do in Threshold is clearing space, you know, getting clear on who is the mother you want to be and not who did you perhaps learn from that was in the mother role for you or people who have filled that place for you in your life. Not what did they teach you, but what do you authentically in your soul feel like motherhood is for you? What does that look like? What does that feel like? I call it your mama yes life. Like, what is it to be lit up in your motherhood experience? That is what we are stepping into. That is what we are asking for so much. That's why we're craving these spiritual experiences is so we can just be these better people. And for a lot of us, that's those better people for our kids and for the kids, the world. I love what you shared about that from Glennon Doyle. It is. It's about our kids. It's about the kids. It's about our kids. It's about the kids. And that feeling that you feel about your kids is needed mm -hmm. for our kids. Yeah. Hmm. So I want to hear more about Threshold. I know you're, I, I do still have questions about female rebels and how it <laughs> um, grew as you grew as a mama. Um, however, you, you talked about your second birth. And I know that your second birth was much different than your first. It sounds like 
the pregnancy experience was also much different, right? So Threshold, which is a program that you are releasing in the fall, is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, do you have the date right now? or I don't know the exact date well, right yet. EBD, I will yes. show you about it. Um, <laughs> Thank so you. Threshold came through you during your pregnancy. So can you share a little bit about that, the program, um, your birth experience? Because it sounds like that was a wildly healing for you. And um, and yeah, how, how, how the tables, I don't want to say started to turn, but how the shift took place. So you were in Atlanta for your first daughter. I know you were in San Diego for your second daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell us exactly how that happened, right? But um, yeah, it just sounds like there was a completely different energy, a different spirit um, around your second pregnancy and birth. And it led you to creating tools for other moms who probably aren't resourced in the same way you weren't resourced with your first daughter. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I miss being pregnant. Hmm. Okay. So I'm extremely excited for you. <laughs> um, what a beautiful thing. And yeah, that's from my second pregnancy that I have that, that memory and that experience. Hmm. Like I said, my first one, I had that low back pain with me a lot of the journey and it definitely um, affected my experience, of course, of being able to enjoy it. Um, the energy when I got pregnant with my second daughter, Dolls, Dahlia, um, was so fierce. And I saw, I wrote something in my journal and I saw it recently and I was like, oh my God, I knew her essence in my womb. I knew it. And it is true to who she is now. And she's so beautiful, but she was just very direct, very fierce, um, calm, very loving, very bubbly, you know? And so I had this like energy buzzing through me the whole time. She's an Aries, so she's like the fire starter. Me and my other daughter are Leos, so it all mm -hmm. goes very well together. <laughs> but she's kind of like a spark. She's the charge. She's just always like, going to go, going to go, and always with a big smile. And we moved to La Jolla. Um, so I said Kobe's business is based out of San Diego. And after he did the flipping of houses and we – got to a place where like I said, the business was in a big transition and they kind of got to a place where they were going to keep going forward. And it was hugely healing and it called us to the ocean. And of course I was like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to go to the ocean. And it worked out perfectly. So um, we were out there and maybe living there for a year when I got pregnant with Dahlia and um it's funny because, okay, so in regards to threshold coming through, I knew I wanted to record something. Um, I was working with a videographer and I'm like, I was going to record my first course that I created, which is called Illuminate, which I still have intentions to do. Um, but Kobe, you know, 
I call him like my producer. He's so amazing and so creative and always has amazing ideas. He was like, why don't you film something, you know, like prenatal yoga or something like you're pregnant, you know? And I was big, beautifully pregnant when I filmed. Um, and I was like, that's kind of smart. Like I do, I did have that in my vortex for a while. I want to create this thing for mamas. I want to create something to help mamas so that not only um, the experience of pregnancy can feel more grounded, that like you really anchor into knowing what you're calling in in this chapter that you know is coming. Mm -hmm. So it's always there talking to you, saying like, I'm coming. Um, so that, but but also in postpartum to have that anchor, which I feel like is where I needed it the most was in that after phase where I was like, so much was swirling. I experienced postpartum depression. I experienced postpartum anxiety. I had never had experiences with either of those things in my life. And so I was just like, okay, we can create something for the mamas. What does that look like? And it literally flew through my vessel through my fingers in like two days sitting in the Starbucks in La Jolla. I would just like go hermit in the corner and go to Starbucks. I knew I wouldn't see anybody and I would, and it just came out. It was like, mm -hmm. and of course it's beautifully inspired by the work I've been doing with female rebels for, you know, at the time five years, um, which is just work of tuning into your highest self and work of connecting to what is your authentic essence? Who is she? May we remember her? May we come back to her as frequently as we can? And may we share this with our child because this is who our child came into. And so I was really, I was like, it, I think I channeled it. I don't know if I can say that fairly, but it felt like one of those vibes where I was like, how did I just do that in two days? It was pretty crazy. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we recorded amazing videographer, friend of mine in Santa Barbara. And I have been working on this with her and with Kobe. He's a graphic designer by his, um, one of his first trades. So he's amazing. So the support network came in to help it come to fruition as well. So it's another sign that something's kind of meant to happen. It comes through, it makes sense to you. It doesn't need to make sense to everybody else. Okay. Probably wouldn't make sense, but it, I do believe it will now. It, this was before even we were in a pandemic. Yeah. Three months before I recorded. And so I did my own practices from that course at the very end of my pregnancy with Dahlia because we, okay, so this is getting to my birth story now. So we plan to have a hospital birth with her because my question was, where will I feel the most safe? And because of my emergency C-section, the answer was the hospital. I followed that track. I hired an amazing doula who was also a midwife. And I had this little tingle, so did Kobe, intuition of like, maybe we should just have her as our midwife. And we even talked to her about that. And then we decided to hire this incredible doctor in Encinitas who had really good um, rates, uh, VBACs, 
Okay, so I was like stoked. I felt so on top of everything. I was doing chiropractic, I was doing yoga. I nurtured myself. I upped my vitamin game by about 3,000% because, yeah. I was like, I just spent $200 on vitamins. Yeah. Yes. And, and you <laughs> shall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, how, what? What has happened to game, that? Oh, game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And for setting you up for postpartum, too. Game changer. The first time because we had the hospital. Okay, so let me keep going. Okay. <laughs> I'm, a man- I'm a jumper. I'm a jumper with my okay. talkie. <laughs> um, okay, so we had it all set to go. Our doula was going to help us transition to the hospital. And then I was about 38 weeks pregnant. And all of the things that had been happening already with COVID were happening, but it intensified to where like doctor's appointments were being canceled. Mm -hmm. It was pretty wild. Mm -hmm. Um, They were still saying like, you can come in, but it's at your discretion. You know, how are you feeling? So it just shifted the safety that I felt went away because when you looked into from an outside perspective, I'm sure going into the hospitals, you would get a different perspective, but from an outside perspective, what it said on the website was, you know, you go through a separate entrance, which I think is already true. We even went to the hospital, you know, I I made sure I was like, I saw it. I went into the room, um, be, go in through a separate entrance. They wanted to make sure that, that you had your temperature taken. But in the news, they were saying hospitals were filled up mm-hmm. with COVID patients. And so the concern, of course, was like, okay, I don't want to get sick. Even if I got sick when I'm in labor and have COVID in the first week of, like, it just was such a scary thought for me that it changed the safety I felt going into the hospital. So it was completely divine intervention. And, you know, at 38 weeks, we said to my amazing midwife, Courtney Scott, love her so much, um, who's in San Diego. And we were like, do you want to do this? And so we met with her and she was coming to the house doing my appointments for me because they can do that. And it was this beautiful awareness for me. Like I respect the hospital magic and medicine and wisdom so deeply, you know, those nurses and doctors, like I said, my doctor held me with Satya and I am forever grateful for them. And then I got to have the other experience, which was my desire to birth at home. And so we decided to go that route. I went into labor. Satya was, um, she like two and a half, two and a half, I think. Yeah. Satya was there and I questioned keeping her there. And I decided because I wanted to be able to fully let go, let go that I would be too worried about her needs to be able to do that for my personal experience. And so she went with my brother-in-law and his partner at the time. And I'm so grateful for that memory. It's so sweet, you know, the videos of her seeing her sister from another location and then coming to meet her. So we had a very similar labor experience, almost identical, which is wild. Like even some of the waves that I went through, 
I remember being like, this is similar. I think I was also at seven centimeters when my midwife got there. Like a lot of synchronicities that I was like, mm -hmm. and Dahlia's birth was a healing and source of empowerment for me after all of this that we just talked about, you know, so much that I had been going through and being in California. It was, I swear I had to go there to get dolls from the ocean. She's like a little ocean baby and she came to be with us and then we were able to come here. So when I went through the transition after Courtney had been there, I faced some of the most intense fear that I've ever faced and especially facing fear of something that had happened in my other birth and not wanting that to happen again, but holding space for whatever that being needed. And I was so scared it was going to happen again because of how hard that was for me. And I think there's a lot of talk about like not having that fear even anywhere in your world when you go into the birth experience. And I'm like, Courtney has had C-sections. And so she was just able to hold this space for me. Like I just felt her holding me in a way that I can't even explain. And I have this feeling of like being behind my eyes and like seeing through my eyes, the experience of what I'm going through probably from a highest self or spirit self, but of looking at her like, please don't leave. I need you. Please don't leave. And she just held that eye contact with me so beautifully and so perfectly. And I was terrified. So I really wonder what that experience is like from her vantage point, you know, because all I saw in her eyes was you've got this. I love you and you got this and I'm here. And it was everything that I needed. It was, I was able to go through all the way. And that was when we were in the birthing pool. I went in both of my labors in the birthing pool just after that transitional space to kind of calm everything down a little bit. Um, so we were in the pool and my beautiful partner was getting hot water from the sink and dumping it in because we didn't have the hose or something. So he's like schlepping water back and forth. And, you know, just like, you're just, you have to be held by everyone around you. And I don't know that I did that the first time. I think I really tried to keep holding. I like to hold others and I didn't fully know how to receive that being held. And she helped me to go through that and actually let myself be held like in the moment when it was happening, you know, it was like, here it is. And I just was, I remember just praying and being like, I am going to get through this. This is, we are going to do this. She's coming. It's going to happen. And Courtney knew the perfect mantras to say. So this strength is your strength was a really big one for me. And just thinking of the lineage of my grandmother's, my grandmother has, one of my grandmothers has 12 children. The other one has nine. Mm. All natural birth. Wow. My mom has seven. 
I'm thinking of these warriors. These are the warriors I know and not to mention their lineage and just channeling that. And it really did help me to keep going when I was terrified and wanting to give up. And then having Courtney here in the earth realm, you know, it's like, I'm like this tether of like, they've got me here and she's got me here. And like, I'm just holding this pole in between. So this soul can come here and like be in this earth with us. And (laughs) Courtney kept saying every time she would take uh, her heart rate, she would say, your baby is so happy. Her heart rate stayed really good the whole time. And that is her spirit. My baby is very happy. And I was like, wow, that's, that helped me every time to calm down. Everything's good. We're going to keep going. And my water broke when we got out of the tub on its own. And that was when I was like, oh my God, it's not the same. (laughs) It's not the same. This is its own thing. And she was like, okay, let's check you and see where you're at, you know, in case you get the urge to push. And um, I laid down on my back and she checked me and she was like, you're crowning, you know, you're fully dilated and you're crowning, crowning. Is that the right word? Yeah. Crowning. And she's like, do you want to feel your baby's head? And I was like, oh my goodness. And I got to put my hand down and feel her head. And then we pushed and Kobe was behind me and I was, I chose to push Lane on my back, which surprised me. And I had one foot up on, <laughs> on my midwife's shoulder. And she had her amazing assistant there, Sanitza, who's another amazing midwife in San Diego, who is an incredible space holder and came in and held space for Courtney. So Courtney could hold space for me. So Kobe could hold. I mean, it was just this beautiful thing. And Dahlia came and after she arrived, the first thing I said, I was laughing and crying and laughing and crying. I said, it's a COVID miracle. (laughs) I got to be so grateful for this miracle that came out of that time for me and my family, which was, you're going to have this baby at home. And I got to heal this humongous experience for myself and to feel empowered in my birth experience. And that radically, radically shifted a, my life, <laughs> and B, my postpartum experience, mm-hmm. hugely. So, yeah, that, that catches us up to that speed. Did, I'll let you ask me the next thing because I know there's a little bridge here. <laughs> yeah, I guess the bridge would be – so, one, thank you for sharing all that. So beautiful and – expectation is the word that just keeps coming up it sounds like you were able to just allow that experience to be what it was which is so amazing and I'm so happy it turned out the way that it did for you definitely a COVID silver lining I try to find those everywhere and uh, so threshold came through you while you were pregnant And then you had a beautiful postpartum experience from what it seems like. And so how I'd love to wrap everything up today is I would love to hear some of the practices that you did during your pregnancy. And I would love to hear, um, like when I think of you, I think of vitality. Like I think of effervescence. I think of like, and it's, it's been such a cool experience talking to you because you're so you have like a grounded energy you know it's not this like hummingbird type energy I get compared to hummingbird a lot it's like a 
like a fierce, like earthy energy where you're just so grounded, but yet so like vibrant. And um, it doesn't sound like that's how you were after you, because your daughter just turned one, correct? Recently? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like, didn't sound like that's how it was, you know, your first year postpartum, but yet this time completely different. So can you give us a little insight as to how you cared for yourself in your pregnancy and then how you've cared for yourself postpartum to bring forth this beautiful life force that you're sharing. And then now you're offering tools to moms all over the world. Cause you're, it sounds like a lot of what you do is online and virtual. So could you kind of wrap that all up for us? Like, what did you do? What are you doing? And what are you offering? <laughs> I love that. Um, mm, so nice. Thank you so much for all the beautiful conversation. So the practices that, that's such a good question. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I have, I talk about that in Threshold. I have a whole mm-hmm. um, session on it. And it's one of the longest sessions because it, self-care is at the core of everything that I do mm-hmm. in my own life, but also the core of why I've created what I've created and at the core of what I think is the revolution on this planet, self-care and self-worth and how those are intertwined into each other. And I have to give thanks right now to my daughter and to spirit and to, you know, all of my angels for bringing these humans into my life and helping me to upgrade because I can see the upgrade as I'm sharing with you my two birth experiences and pregnancies and all of these things I've journeyed through how much I've grown and also how much I learned in the first experience and the struggle that I had and how that set me up to get myself even more prepared, especially with self-care. So we talked about the vitamins, right? Game changer. Okay. I'm talking about, I don't want to say DHA game changer. Okay, getting, getting some goods in there for your brain and for your baby's brain. You want, <laughs> I'm like, I, okay, I'm not a doctor. So these are just things that I want to share because these are things that really affect me. Your brain wants to be lubricated mm-hmm. all the time. So your brain wants fat. I upped my fat game like no other and healthy fats. Avocados and nuts and good butter and... You know, I'm not vegetarian, so I grass-fed beef. And my part of my self-care, and I learned this from a soul sister friend of mine, she was like, up your meat game. She used to be a vegan, so it was hilarious to get advice from her about that. I was like, really? She was like, up your meat game um, for pregnancy and for nursing and up your fat game. So that's that's a protein and fat game. You know, it doesn't have to be meat for everybody, but for me after being a vegetarian for six years, it served me to welcome meat into my life and it has served me greatly with nursing. So Mm -hmm. huge self-care is how you eat, how you take care of the brain, how you keep everything moving. Vitamins 
keep the synapses in my brain going in a way where I can keep functioning like my spirit is asking me to. It keeps my body going away and my spirit can flow through my body and they're in alignment with each other. I'm not burning the other one out. Um, what else? Okay, so self-care stuff other than nourishment is baths with magnesium, um, Epsom salt baths. I would bathe at least once a week, but like if you could go three times a week, you, you're just letting your body just relax and settle and take the inflammation out and letting all of the shift that's already happening in your body happen in water. Ah, so nice. Okay, so water element, huge. Highly recommend yoga. Yoga changed my life. Yoga saved my life. So I recommend yoga for everything. But I especially recommend it for pregnancy because it's a space where you can tap into your body and a space where you can tap in with baby. Another layer of that experience, the spiritual part of the experience, self-care, is meditation. Both of my babies called me to meditate more in a, in a way that was hard for me to find the motivation before them. They inspired that. And my meditation practice is in such an amazing place right now. And I wanted that for a decade. And I finally got to a place where it just flows. And so that with baby, um, connecting to baby and letting yourself go into that space where you can just you know, talk to them. It doesn't have to be about if you hear messages for them, from them or anything like that. Just genuinely that, I think of it like prayer circuitry almost. Like, are we praying? Are we connecting with what we want for the highest good for both of us? Um, I loved getting pedicures and manicures. Personally, for me, that was like a little queen moment that I had once a month. And I really, really loved doing that when I was pregnant. It felt so good to receive that with my belly. And, you know, let me think for a second here. What are my other favorite self-care things? Squats. Mm. <laughs> I'm laughing because I did squats right before our call because they just wake everything up and I think they help a lot for the pregnancy portal. Mm -hmm. um, but other than, you know, food and exercise and good rest and hydration, um, I drank a lot of magnesium as well help me with cramping. I got way bigger my second pregnancy and did not have back pain. So it's pretty amazing. Um, I will credit a lot of that to things like squats, which is funny. It's not the thing most people would expect, but gaining the strength as my body grew was really pivotal for me in the postpartum and the healing when my body wanted to then, you know, return back to a different shape. Um, Okay, so postpartum and threshold. And I will say when I was two months postpartum, we had somebody helping us. And while the baby would nap, I again created the workbook for threshold. 40 pages I typed in that month, again, flowed through me. It was like one of those things that I was like, did that just happen? And then I didn't have any space for anything like that for the rest of the year. It was just this little window of time, this little sliver of time 
where the energy of what the baby brings in inspires so much. So, yes. That's so cool. And um, one thing that I really love about Threshold, and I'm almost like we need to do like a Facebook Live together, which I've never done. But when you're close to launching it, we can do that so we can share more. And and whoever's listening that's interested can get um, more information then. What I love about it is – it came quickly, but then it's like seeping now. It's not like you, it's like the, the first, the, you know, the creation when you made the videos, it's like that came through and then the workbook came through, but then you didn't put it out there right away. So you've had time to sit with it and integrate it and to allow it to become what it's going to become. I love the, um, how both of those elements are present where it's like it was channeled and then now there's been a pause and when it's time to come through, it will arrive. <laughs> and that's what I think is really cool about the the program and the offering and, and just listening to everything that you shared. It just, um, yeah, coming from someone who's now in their second birth, it, I really relate to it and um, just really excited to maybe even participate. We'll see what happens, you know, when, when it's coming out. And um my daughter is going to walk through the door any moment now and it's going to get loud. So I want to hear from you. What, what would you like to leave us with today? Like what's a final thought that you can, that feels right. And I know that's a big question. Um, yeah. If you have like one thing that you're like, this is what I want to land, or this is what I want to share. What would that be? Mm. A message to the mothers and to the women preparing to become mothers, the women supporting the mothers, holding the mothers. Find community. Mm -hmm. Find people that you can connect to the truth of who you are. Seek that out. Seek out people who fan your flame, seek out people who make you feel comfortable when you're just in all of the phases. Because as we know, with motherhood and life, for all of us, sometimes you need that friend that will just come over and sit there when you have the messy bun and your boobs are leaking all over your sweatshirt and you're wearing your mesh underwear from from having a baby and seek out those people. Mm -hmm. And if you are a mama who is looking for space like that, please connect with me. And for all of the women who want to hold space with each other, you know, check out what I'm up to with female rebels, creating spaces and containers for women to feel safe and empowered, connecting to the divinity that they are. Um, I would love to have you as a part of our community. And it's my pride and my joy to do this work and I would love to have them join me. So femalerebels.com is my website and you can also connect one of my favorite spaces, Instagram, which is female underscore rebels. And my personal page is Kyla Walsh. It's a special spelling. So you'll have to look in the show notes. (laughs) I will have everything linked. I'll be sure because this episode will go out in September. And so, um, depending when threshold 
launches, I will recircle back and, and share that with everyone listening again. And I know that there will be plenty of opportunity for us to stay in connection and conversation. So I look forward to what will come forth with that. And I just want to thank you so much. I know a lot of what you shared was the first time that you've spoken it out loud. So thank you so much for being bold and brave and vulnerable. And I look forward to um, the conversations that will come. Thank you so much. Thank you for this beautiful space that you've created to support moms and for inviting me in and letting me share my story. I really appreciate it. And I just, I'm so excited about what you're creating and I'll be cheering. I'm a big cheerleader, so I'll be cheering very loudly from the sidelines. <laughs> and uh, thank you everyone for listening. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share this episode with your friends. And you can help us grow by subscribing, rating, and reviewing a podcast for moms on your favorite podcasting platforms. I'd love to connect with you. Feel free to direct message me on Instagram at a podcast for moms or send me an email, a podcast for moms at gmail.com. I can't do this alone. Together, though, we are a movement of moms revolutionizing the world through radical motherhood.